Greetings and welcome to another episode of Cultivating with Quayera. This week, we offer part two of the robust interview with my sister, Tayoma Allison, where we discuss the healing power of the yoni. During the first part of our conversation, we spoke about the diverse names, basic areas in and around the yoni, and common thoughts about it, as well as conception. In this episode, we'll explore the powerful goddess energy of the magnificent yoni, looking at all stages and expressions. We'll discuss the parts of the yoni, including nerve endings, as well as the positive and rejecting expressions of the divine yoni and more. So sit back and full joy. So there's a positive movement now, Sister T, to love, honor, and appreciate our vaginas by looking at it, taking care of it, taking care of the vulva, and even your vaginal walls. I want you to describe what is in the vagina and how it operates and what is where and what the names of the Mm. different parts are. Because even though we're women, a lot of us don't even look at the vagina, right? And if you look at it, you looked at it once. Mm. And so if you could take us down that road or down that tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's really important to know your body, all of it, and particularly this part of it, you know, where such magic happens. So it would be important to take a mirror and just take a look at your vagina. The labia are the lips that surround the vagina. They are the labia majora, which are the hairy parts, hairy outer lips, and then menorah, which are the inner lips. And the hood, it just looks like a hooded woman with Mm. her gong coming straight down and then joining where the perineum is beginning. So that hood is called a clitoris. The clitoris has the most nerve endings of any part of your genitalia. The clitoris actually has 8,000 nerve endings, which is like amazing. Hold on there. (laughs) 8,000. 8,000. Thousand nerve endings. Oh my God. Yes, which is more than the vagina, actually. So the clitoris is much more sensitive. And most women, although they can have vaginal orgasms, many women need the stimulation of the clitoris in order to really have an orgasm. Right, right, right. The clitoris is the only part of the body that is solely created for pleasure. It's sole function. Mm -hmm. Um, Beneath it, you have the urethra, which is the opening to the bladder. That's where pee comes out. It is not in the clitoris. It is beneath it. And then the next opening is the vagina. And then, of course, there's the anus within the pelvic girdle. And all of these are supported by a network, a sling of muscles called the pelvic girdle. There are ligaments, there are muscles, there's, you know, there are diaphragms that hold everything securely in place. But it's important that we address the health of each part Mm. of this wonderful structure. Some ways of doing that is A, getting to know your vagina, feeling within, feeling straight ahead, because usually that's where you want to find cervix. You know, put a finger or two in if you can Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and feel for your 
cervix. Your cervix, it feels like a little uh, donut ring. And within the center of that donut is opening that leads to your uterus. Uh-huh. You know, and this is where sperm will swim up to reach the uterus. You don't have to be worried that things will get lost there. Although for women with larger vaginas, sometimes even smaller ones, you can put in some of these smaller tampons. And if they stay up there, you know, forget about them, for example. Some women have busy lives and if you forget about it stays up there, it can cause something called toxic shock syndrome, which is very serious. It can cause your body to go into shock and can even cause death. So try not to forget about your tampon or anything else that's in there. The same thing can happen with a diaphragm, which is nowadays a rarely used form of birth control. Okay. Mm-hmm. So question about that. There are large vaginas, small vaginas, kind of the sure. same way there are large penis, medium penis, small penis, right? This is dependent on the experience of the vaginas. If a vagina has had a very large baby or a series of really big babies, if a vagina's experienced trauma where either there was rape or there was some kind of attack with an object or very severe tearing that wasn't properly repaired, all of those things can create a situation where that vagina may be a little enlarged, artificially enlarged, but then we have all kinds of ways of pulling that vagina together such as, let's start with the simplest, which is Kegels, exercise, pelvic floor exercises mm-hmm. that do help to tighten. There are also yoni eggs, and it's a wonderful thing in very many ways because what are we doing? We're strengthening that pelvic floor, we're toning those muscles, so that can reduce incontinence, it can create more pleasure and more sensation, again, vaginally, Reduce the possibility of prolapse, which we talk about. Oh, earlier, right, right, cervix. right. Okay, okay. Um, and something called rectal seal, where the rectal tissue is actually pressing into the vagina, or sister seal, where the bladder tissue is pressing into. What happens there? Because I've actually heard that before, where the rectum or the bladder is pushing into the vagina. Does that make sexual intercourse more painful or anything like that? And then why does that even happen? Sometimes a traumatic birth experience may cause it, you know, because of pressure on either of these organs. Often later in life or after several pregnancies, you will find that the tissue tends to shift inwards a bit and may even show itself through the vagina. So you'll see like a bulge of tissue. A lot of times a woman may not even know it, but you may have an elderly patient and you're examining her and you're seeing that a tissue is showing because she hasn't been brought up to practice Kegel exercises or other pelvic floor exercises that actually help to tone. And maybe she's never done a steam in her life. You know, there are certain particular herbs. I will say that Congo peas, those leaves are astringent. So women often will use that either as a steam, as a soak, or a douche to tighten up their vaginal tissue. Right, right, right. So let's drill back down into Kegels a bit. 
it's this big hype, as you said, with crystals and even beads. The beads are the real small ones. They yeah. kind of remind me of the Benoit balls from Asia. I actually sell yoni eggs. I sell them as an educational opportunity for women that are executives and leaders that want the energetic energy, but really also want to become in touch with their feminine self while they're doing in the Western world is very masculine leadership thing. And a lot of times Taipei people are Taipei with everything. And Taipei is a masculine energy. And it's nothing it has its place. But if you're trying to get a Taipei woman to get in touch with her femininity, she shouldn't overdo yoni eggs and try to be the tightest out there and the most gripping. That does have its place too. But a lot of times vagina will come into its own and flower into a space of tightness at the moment of orgasm. It doesn't have to be gripping, but the release itself, the tissues of the vagina become more fully fleshed and grip the penis so that there's a more of a tightness in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So that's if you are using a penis, right? I know a lot of women who have urine incontinence or feel like they have no control of their vagina. And that is the other end of it. Not like gripping and, you know, pulling and tugging or making your partner get out of bed and run screaming down the street. Although that can happen too. But, you know, that's the power of the goddess, right? (laughs) That's the power of the goddess. You can turn on whatever you want to turn it on when you want to turn it on, if you want to turn it on. And I think the same way women are doing doing exercises or whatever, they don't always, you know, lift a fridge, but if they so chose to in this day and age, they could. And I think that, like I was telling you about my grandmother sitting on the couch that day, Mm -hmm. she carried a lot of trauma from having the baby at home, from not being told certain things, from not doing Kegels, from Mm. not, and she was very nervous Mm. about Mm. me having a baby at home because she didn't want me to experience the same journey that went down. And I didn't really understand that until later, but I was already doing Kegels Mm. since 16. Mm. So by the time I had a baby, you know, 12 years later, I didn't think about it like that, but I really find that the Kegels and how you use them can help with the vaginal health, with control, elasticity, and even not just partner pleasure, Mm -hmm. but self-pleasure. Is that even a conceivable thought for a lot of women's health practitioners that Kegels can also be a part of self-pleasure for women? Absolutely, because it does tone, it does increase the circulation. And it does help with just the feeling, you know, to elaborate on the feelings that you're going to have within your vagina as you engage in self-pleasure. So it is really, really helpful. Now, I don't mean to imply that it's at all unimportant to develop and tone your vaginal muscles. You know, just a caution that hypertonicity can occur. And it's about balance. And talk a little bit about hyper. Like when you're overdoing it, what can happen sometimes right. with women or that they already have that condition? So with hypertonicity, there's a worry that maybe your musculature will be so tight that during birth, for example, it might present an obstacle to the baby's emergence. 
Also, that it may cause backache, lower back pain, or pelvic pain at times, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or constipation. Of course, extreme cases, but some women do take it to the extreme. They say, well, if this is good, more is better. But, you know, there's a point where you feel, oh, this is the balance, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, that's where mm -hmm. you stop. So while we're talking about the Kegels and the vagina and the yoni eggs and not overdoing it, but... Having control, mm -hmm. especially as you get older. I want to ask you about masturbation, right? Is masturbation, in your view, considered a type of vaginal care? Or is it still considered taboo? We've come a long way from the days when you, your hand was slapped. Stop that. Stop touching yourself there. That's dirty. I think most parents. <laughs> <laughs> this one brother I know doing an exam with a doctor, his penis started to rise and the doctor took out a stick and slapped it down. This is a big man or he was a child? He was a child at the time, oh. you know, and it was just like a sort of a reflex and she slapped it down and, you know, wow, that wow. creates trauma. If we're uncomfortable with their exploration, then that's something for us to look at. Why is it? And it can also be a time to discuss with a child this is a sacred part of your anatomy. This is what happens with your anatomy later on when you're growing. So you would say that masturbation is a type of self-care, mm -hmm. vaginal self-care with masturbation. Can you talk about that a little bit? Any massage of any part of your body is going to increase circulation. If it's loving massage, that vibration is also going to be carried to your body. Some people have conversations with their vaginas and feel that it grounds, it roots them. They actually have a little like discussion about what's going to happen today and what do you think? <laughs> Root <laughs> chakra wisdom. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> and many women swear those are the best decisions they've ever made <laughs> is listening to their vajayjay. Okay, so, okay. Um, we do say that's one of our sacred portals, sacred chakras. And so, that's during masturbation that they're talking to their vaginas. Could be during masturbation or sometimes it's just a hand placed there. So we need to tap in. We really need to tap in. If life comes through there, life comes from there, you know, and bliss comes through there, maybe some answers to some important questions can as well. My mother went to marriage school in Jamaica back in the day. And so, you know, what's interesting for me is I can't believe how much emphasis I can was put on the woman doing everything right for the man, right? Like learning how to massage him, learning how to play the piano, learning how to cook the right food, learning how to dress a certain way, keep the house a certain way. And my God, that's just so much pressure. I wish there was a man school to learn how to take care of the woman and the vagina. So exactly. if you were talking to partners and you were training them how to take care of that energy of the divine with the vagina and the womanness. What would you tell them to do to take care of that vagina for their partner? I would say keep the vagina and the woman attached to it happy and keep you happy. It's a give and take. And if you can listen, listen to what the woman's body is telling you, and encourage that woman to speak to you. 
as well. Communication is key. I would tell them about the very nerve-rich clitoris, because men a lot of times don't know that this is the sort of homologue to the penis, is that clitoris. It does get larger during intercourse. You know, it does get firmer, it does get fuller, it does get more sensitive. So knowing all of this means that you're not just addressing penis and vagina, you're also touching, you're touching various areas. A neck can be an erogenous zone. Learn your woman, you know, enjoy pleasuring her and she's going to enjoy pleasuring you. Sometimes people treat all vaginas and clitorises the same. Be like, oh, this worked for my last partner, so uh, I'm going to do this. And, you know, it's like, wait a minute, that seems very specific. <laughs> you know, like you didn't take time to get to know me. I think I've heard this again and again and again. Like every vagina and every clitoris not the same. They speak their own language. Exactly. There's something called erogenous zones. And women are different in terms of where they feel that connection and that excitement. It might be a neck, it might be nipples, it might be, it might be the vagina. For some women, it's like, whoa, that'll send me. Again, you know, clitoris could be a variety of areas. Right, it could be the hands. I have several sister friends that they're like, they're back. Oh. Their lower back. Like, I'm like, really? Like, tons of them. So, if men are listening, or excuse me, partners, yeah. <laughs> then that's an insider story, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. actually the whole body that is exposed to loving touch. It sounds like you're saying explore, keep them happy, yes. explore the body consistently, right? Because we change. We change, and a lot of people don't know that. The 40-something-year-old woman is equivalent to the 18-year-old man in terms of libido rising, you know, and getting really into knowing her body and knowing her sexuality and sensuality, connecting to that root chakra and claiming to, you know, her agency in this regard. That's so interesting because my mom was a very sensual slash sexual woman, even though she was married to the same person for like ever. And I don't know if it has something to do with the marriage school and her being a Libra, Mm -hmm. but she really affected how I saw the world and romance and sensuality and my sexuality. She was like 88 when she passed. When she was 80, she was still very feminine, very much in her sensuality and would talk to a lot of young women about, okay, this is what you do to create this energy. You wear this and you do this at night and you do this and this is how you make your house smell good and you bring all the senses alive. You know, what's interesting is when I went to Senegal, It was the same thing. There are women's societies where women would train other young women what the waist beads are, how to make your home smell good for your partner. It can create arousal, calmness, and sensuality. My God, those are things that are, I think, so important. So if we could use that as a segue to get into sex and how sexual exchange can be heightened or looking at sexual mastery. And a lot of times, right, people feel that happens after a certain age, like you just said, Mm -hmm. the 40 and 50, and I'll even go 60 (laughs) year old or more, is the same as an 18 year old. Mm, And that's why you have these, I don't want to call the C word that they say, those older women with younger (laughs) men, but a lot of times there are actual communities where women who are still sexually active have younger partners in certain 
ancient traditions because they have that level of energy. Let's talk about sexual mastery when we go there's like three stages they tend to say of a woman's life. And I know some people don't like the crone word, right? Mm -hmm. But that's the wise goddess stage. The ancient tantric tradition was actually founded by female masters who understood the sacred power of sexuality and its relationship to the divine. And then that age group of women continued sexuality in ancient times. And it's still known as one of the mysteries of light at this time. Can you talk about Tantra? What it has to do with our divine connection to sex and the vagina? Mm. Well, Tantra is often discussed as a method of reaching the divine through the sensual, sexual, really tapping into your sacred energy and being able to build that sacred energy and build your pleasure at the same time. It's for men and for women, for both sexes. You're building your energy that will through your older years and keep you strong through your older years because a lot of men that are casting their seed far and wide, they're doing the wrong thing because that is going to weaken them ultimately. So that a man is advised, especially during the winter months, try not to ejaculate. During the later years, the winter years, you're actually forbidden to ejaculate. You know, you're mm -hmm. actually pulling your fluids up your spine and circulating it. Taoists have a way of studying and encouraging that and teaching that as well. The idea is that there's so much energy that goes into creating. These are the elements of life. So, so much energy goes into creating sperm, semen, that if you spend that, it should be because you are trying to get pregnant. It requires a lot of self-knowledge on the part of the male to know when he's reaching that point of no return and to pull back. People use chants, people use sounds, people use motion, turning into stillness in order to be able to hold that energy within them and recirculate that into their spine. So that creates a situation where you have a long life, where you have a healthy life, where your bones are strong, you know, where mentally you're all there because you have not been shooting out your semen. So that's like your power. That's you're right. taking it back in, right? We have heard about the vagina being that power, that mystery thing that can even control the responsibility that comes with having that divine essence, oh. that power. What do you say to that? You have ancient images and stories of vaginas with teeth. There's nothing more potentially gentle than a vagina, but I think that is a fear also of being emasculated or being controlled by the woman because she is so alluring, she's so entrancing, she's so divine that as a man, if you haven't also had your share of counseling, maybe you can get swept away. So I think perhaps that's part of it. And it's also the idea of a stranger. There's also this thing, do not go with a stranger because you don't know who she is, where she's been. And maybe that's more like uh, speaking to disease, but also speaking to does she have your best interest at heart? Is she seeking to elevate 
you herself, the relationship. Does she know herself? You know, many of us have suffered trauma or our mothers have suffered trauma and therefore we are being led into womanhood by a mother that, to use Queen of Forest phrase, has an angry vagina, is not maybe fulfilled in her relationship and we then as young women may not know how to seek fulfillment within that relationship. But it is where I sing beautiful rites of passage, such as if it tires that you instituted and having the mentorship of women like your mom and like yourself is so vital, so important, and also of the males for the young men. When men are talking about that they're whipped, <laughs> what does that actually mean? I want you to talk about it because it goes back to the power. I think even in a rites of passage, having women, young girls becoming women, understand the power that they work with and the responsibility that they have to carry that. It's something that can control. And that comes with a level of sacredness. And it's not to be feared. And it's not to be abused. You can walk into a room and you can turn every head as a woman. Do you need to do that? And if you do it, fine. But know why you're doing it. Know how far you're going to take it. So talk to me about the whip thing. But even before it gets to whip, it's just that energy we have as that divine woman and how we walk through the earth with it. We have had, again, a variety of experiences. There are a lot of women out there that have had experiences of abuse. Let's start with that. And they themselves don't connect a lot of times with their bodies. Sometimes I see them for birth. There was a woman recently I could not examine. She had been abused by her grandfather. And she was unable to allow an examination. Of course, I could have forced the issue, which would have felt like rape to her. But I felt very strongly about allowing her to own her body and own her birthing experience. And she felt strongly about it too. And she did fine. You know, once she wasn't examined, she just moved straight ahead, blessedly, and had her baby in the most beautiful and most powerful way. I often think about that with home birth, the importance of a sensitive practitioner wherever you are. And some arenas don't allow for that. But being able to respond to where that woman is. So yes, the whip thing. Women need to know their power and know that, you know, that can help them be better people. Okay, because it's really written negatively about, right? When you take it to the whipped stage, it sounds like abusive, right? It is abusive. Take it to, Mm -hmm. I am powerful. I need a powerful man because that's important too. The man being able to pull back, it means that he's not going to be a two-minute man. Or three-minute man, boom, 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 ah, I'm off, I'm sleeping. Why do men fall asleep right after they, you know, energy is gone. So it feels good for a minute, but then you're drained too. So if you as a man are able to take responsibility for your strength and strengthening your body and holding back and being able to pleasure your woman longer and being able to engage with your woman, because it's a journey, it's a journey to heaven. You can't just boom and it's over for you. And she's like, oh, well. So does that happen a lot that you find that women are sexually frustrated in relationships? 
I think it's happening less now. Because women are more liberated? Women are more liberated. They're better about talking to men about what they need. You know, you to talk in a nice way. <laughs> don't say, I'm like, get up. Wake the hell up. <laughs> I'm not finished. That's not exactly the journey to heaven that you were talking about right, before. Right. right. Know, teach him and then he's got to teach himself and maybe have other brothers teach him as well. A lot of brothers aren't going to do that. Go to a tantra class. Yeah. So yeah. people can take a tantra class. It's important. All men die long before a woman. You know, an average of eight years before a woman. And why is that? I'm not saying the whole thing is because, you know, there are a few reasons, but it would help them. Long life would be a part of the tantric journey, a part of saving their seed mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. nourishing themselves with it. But they feel like they're losing something sometimes, like they're not getting that climax, right? And then there's the woman constantly having climax you know woman can't done is what they say in jamaica right she just keeps having them like back to back some women right might have all five six some well most women probably can now whether or not they're being given the time and the attention and the, you know all the respect and love in to get to that place is another matter so do both partners have to practice tantra both do but you can have orgasm without ejaculation you know, you can have a powerful wave of feeling moving through your body without letting go of your sperm. I see one. And for the woman? Now, there is like a release of fluids that happens sometimes. But oddly enough, that seems to be strengthening to the woman. Because, of course, she's not pushing it out to that extent. She's also reabsorbing mm. some of that. And that is another way of circulating So let's talk about the reabsorbing and the absorption of the vagina. If a man is coming in a woman and they're not procreating, that semen on how many different levels is being absorbed in the vagina and why? You have men and women that get together and they are trying very hard to get pregnant and it won't happen. It just is not happening. And then they get with other partners and fairly soon, you know, you have them getting a little while on the way. So there are people that are chemically unsuited to one another. It is a researched fact that a lot of times women are more likely to get preeclampsia when they have a new partner and the relationship is still new. You know, your body has not had a chance to really acclimatize itself. So what are some of the other things that a vagina can absorb. You were talking earlier, like energy, right? There's this spiritual training that says, when you lay with someone, their energy will be with you for seven years, unless you do some kind of spiritual ritual to Mm -hmm. cut it. And then also when you lay with them, you're laying with energetically everyone they've been with and everyone they've been with and so on. You're laying with an entire nation of people that you most likely will walk down the street and not even want to talk to. Mm -hmm. How careful do women need to be about what they put in their vagina? Because it's like a suction cup. From... The physical, the physical or material level where you can get actual imbalances such as yeast infections. If your partner is consuming too many sweets, semen is going to be sweet. That's going to encourage yeast in you. If 
your partner has some infection with it, you know, from gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the more minor ones, you know, where it's encouraging bacterial mm. overgrowth in your body, mm -hmm. or trichomonas, which you do get from a partner that's contagious, you want to be careful that, A, you both are tested if you are not using protection, but B, use protection. There is a whole aspect of disease, and getting to know your vagina allows you to say, hmm, that smells like a yeast infection, or hmm, that's fishy, must be bacterial, hmm, that's kind of foul, could that be trichomonas or something, so that you know when to go in, get tested, a simple pap smear or bacterial test swab is going to let you know what's going on. But yes, the more important spiritual lesson is there are energies out there that you don't necessarily want to house in your body. As women, we bring in, we cultivate and nurture these energies and these antigens. You're really saying that even if it's something toxic or foreign or something that's dangerous, mm. because of the energy of woman, we literally would begin to nurture that and it would grow? Yeah, is there something that you know about that exists where it's like a yoni sacred circle that's not so much contemporary but more ancient? I don't think it was just about the yoni. As you say, culture and rites of passage, and that would be part of your sacred femininity. And so that's the same. People believe that you really get to that goddess stage after you've gone through certain levels of life and you have now been endowed <laughs> with the sacred secret information and you pass that on. So like the Boa Mort in Salvador de Bahia in Brazil, that was the society of African women that would rescue other women out of slavery, but it was indeed connected to a stage of her life. She had to stop menstruating to be rescued out of slavery. And then you entered another woman society. And that whole women's society are all women who are postmenopausal. And so they became another level of warrior. So there are things attached to our feminine makeup that connects to spirituality traditionally and connects to our walk on this planet and how we take care of our people. As we grow older, through our wisdom and experience, which we hopefully have acquired, we start to take care of younger women. In some societies, we even taught men how to approach women. Ashe. Mm -hmm. That's what we talked about a little earlier. Right. You are so brilliant. And I'm so honored that you took the time to have this conversation with me. And as we close, I'd like to ask you to finish this sentence for me. I am the spirit of. I am the spirit of woman, of warrior woman, of powerful woman, of queens, of market women of women who walked the earth and given their blood to the earth and given their lives, their loves, their stirred pots, their beauty, their wisdom. And I am their daughter. And I pray that I am always a listening daughter. I am always a loving daughter. And I am a daughter that will grow to be one of you.
Ashe, thank you so much. So stay, if I have the words, you got the flow. No. Just love it. Asante sana, madupwe. Gracias. <laughs> All of that. I hope you enjoyed the second part of the episode with my dear sister, Tayoma Allison, discussing the healing power of the Yoni. Opening up our conversation to share this topic with you was a complete joy, trust me. Exploring topics normally hidden was tremendous. I am thrilled that we were able to share aspects of love and care for the Yoni that enhance the respect, power, and sacredness of our divine pathway to heaven. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a comment, rate the podcast, and remember to tell a friend or two as we rebuild our village of transformational souls. And remember to cultivate the very best life you deserve. One love and walk good. Walk good.